0: Hello and welcome to the podcast of The Low Seaters for the 15th of November. I am joined by Beau and Carl and today we're going to be talking about Suella Bravman, Torching Sunak, uh, Denzel Barker and uh, five quotes to live by. And um, some of the uh, more perceptive members of the audience may have noticed I'm not wearing a jacket, I'm wearing a hoodie and uh, that's to do with the merch store. Don't bully me, you know, this wasn't my choice. Carl has forced me to. It
1: was not, it was entirely (laughs) your choice. (laughs) you liar <laughs> I,
0: I did not say he had to wear any merch at all no it, it, it was other people but I'm, I'm blaming Carl because it's funny um, I'm sorry Carl that's all right. <laughs> I, just, I didn't okay well
1: shall we get on with it of course what year is it
0: what year is it yeah you didn't say in the beginning Standard. well I, I
1: thought people were aware of the year I'm not aware of the year it's 2023, It's God. the current year. Thank God. Anyway, let's talk about how Swell Braveman is torching the Tories, specifically Rishi Sunak and the kind of globalist wing of the Tory party, which seems to be firmly back in the driver's seat, to successfully plow the Conservative Party into the ground. It's really weird that anyone would join the Conservative Party cabinet at this point, because it's such an obvious train wreck that's impending and about to happen. So when they brought back David Cameron, people were like, "Why?" Like that was a really unexpected move. I realized, okay, David Cameron. Why am I thinking about him? Uh, and a lot of people were like, well, I mean, surely he's just there to appease China. And uh, apparently, the Chinese media agree. <laughs> They're
2: thrilled. It's like great. That's it's not a good PR, is it? It's just an arch globalist. Yep, W.E.F. Shield Bolton paid for globalists. Oh, yeah, totally, one hundred
1: percent. He, he. I should have got the article up, but uh, a few months ago, I think last year, he wrote an article in the Times saying, you know, we were pale, male, and stale. So I brought in diversity lists and hire, you know, affirmative action hiring lists, and I turned the Conservative Party into the Blairite Party it is today. I wouldn't it's like Sorry. Yeah, well, that's something to be ashamed of. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well
2: done, Dave. Slow yeah. hand clap. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, don't you have a pig's head to violate? <laughs> um. <laughs> Inside joke, if anyone gets it. Um, anyway, so the people who are on Sweller-Braveman's side for, and just to be clear, I'm just picking up from where Connor left off yesterday. So basic summary is Swella braveman said correct things, said base things, but everyone was always complaining that, oh, hey, no, 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 she did. She, she did. For sure, sure. Well, that's the point, right? That was the point, because everyone was always saying, well, you're in government. I mean, I literally, when she tweet something, I just reply, aren't you the Home Secretary? Aren't you the Home Secretary? I just reply. I, this
0: that stuff. really annoys me that yeah. politicians in government, in positions of power, tweet like they're still activists. And I think yes. that social media is letting them get away with it because other people tweet like it. And so it flies
2: well, under the radar. It's a bit more than annoying. It's sickening, isn't it? Yes, but I think yeah. actually
1: we have some answers to it now, right? So this is one of the good things about the meltdown in the Conservative Party is actually what it reveals to us is very useful to know. Um, and it shows we we can see the sort of, I mean, Jacob Rees-Mogg is not my favourite conservative, but he's on the more conservative side of the Conservative Party, uh, and he's I think Jacob Rees-Mogg really is just a kind of nimble navigator, and tries to just keep his head out of the firing line in order to move through the dangerous waters. Uh, but of course, he was against her firing, and uh, we'll see more from him later. So. What's interesting is that Rishi Sinek is having trouble filling his cabinet, because of course, why wouldn't you? After firing Swiller Braveman, this, this really annoyed a lot of people because Braverman had just told the truth and had suggested sensible things that would actually fix the problem and nothing happened. It's like, okay, well, she's the home secretary. If she can't make anything happen, why not? And we saw as well how uh, leaks and when these, when you get like Westminster leaks, Whitehall leaks. They're always, yes, it's obviously the case, uh, especially when it's the civil service cheering that Cruella Braverman was sacked because she was trying to fix the country in some small way. Uh, that's definitely representative of the 95% remain voting civil service. Uh, they are definitely in favor of that. And so the conservatives have got the problem that kind of Trump has had. They've, they've got many problems, but one of the problems they have is the, the sort of Trump problem where he's fighting the entrenched bureaucracy of the state uh braveman and patel Pretty patel especially had this problem remember she uh, bullied uh, philip pullman or something uh, the, that's an author uh, no it's, it's some guy then it's it, it, she, bully, she bullied she uh, bullied wasn't philip hammond was it he's another sort of cabinet i can't remember the guy's name at the moment okay. he, he she was I'll look it of, up she you know she the sort of five foot one indian lady was accused <laughs> of bullying sir Philip, someone—it's always around. so pathetic from the like Home Office. Yeah, I know. Use well, I, each other
0: for bullying. Well, is it, is it well, Philip this,
1: Davies? No, 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 no. He's a policy. It was a civil servant. Oh, right. But he I was see. Sir Someone. I'm it's sure it's Permanent
2: uh, Secretary. of yeah. the Home Office. I
1: think. Yeah, I'm sure his name was. Paul. I know what you mean anyway. Yeah, but he was you know bald loser, and he was like, oh, I'm being bullied by Pritchard." Patel. I was just like, good, good. That's great. That makes me actually like her now. You know, Philip Rutnam. Really, Rutnam. There we go. Um, but anyway, she bullied him, and basically, there's a persistent pattern of the Conservatives like a relatively based Indian woman conservative, gets put in the position of Home Secretary and wants to do things, but the Home Office is totally resistant. Now, a sensible Conservative Party would look at that and go, hang on a second, why is 80% of the Home Office's work immigration? I'm just going to dissolve all of that and fire all those people. 0%, love my zeros, right? But of course they don't do this. And so Rishi can't fill his cabinet. Everyone's really pissed off. And the sort of globalist faction within the Conservative Party don't really have a constituency to appeal to, right? I mean, like, who is David Cameron's base? The same base as Keir Starmer. It's the same people who vote for the Labour Party or the Liberal Democrats. Like, what constituency are you appealing to? Who was like, God, if only David Cameron would get
2: back to politics?
1: Exactly, right? But there's no, like, organic constituency of voters Mm -hmm. that aren't already captured by Keir Starmer. So why would you bring Cameron back? And so obviously the Conservative base is like, oh my God, what are you doing? The, the conservative wing of the Conservative Party is just like Raike. It looks like it's going to be civil war, which it is. And it looks like Sweller-Braveman is the person firing the shots. Um, it looks like there's going to be uh, a lot of rumblings in the very near future. Uh, one Tory MP anonymously was like, well, we don't think Sönak will make it to the next general election. Uh, we're going to lose our seats anyway if we do nothing. So we may as well try to see what will happen with a different leader. Fair enough, really. Entirely possible, but it just makes the Conservative Party look like a roiling mass of chaos, which is really not what the projection that the Conservative Party wants to put forward to the public should be.
0: But it is a truthful one. It's
1: a totally truthful <laughs> one. I mean, how many, you know, this would be what, the fourth prime minister in the last yeah, year?
0: It's an utter shambles. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if, totally. if they're trying to project some sort of competence, well, their constant infighting and that sort of side of things doesn't necessarily suggest that they have the interest of running the country well. Yes. there's a lot of self-serving mm. things going on here
1: and i like the reference to the constant shambles right the 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 they the, trying to project the um the the feeling of competence because this is a video that rishi sunak put out or well, number 10 downing street put out of rishi sunak's uh cabinet after the firing of sweller bravement i just thought we'd listen to a few seconds of it and tell me what you think
0: well good morning everyone welcome especially a warm welcome to those for whom it's their first cabinet and also welcome To those for whom it may not be their first time Uh, (laughs) lovely to have you lovely to have you all here Uh, our our purpose is nothing less than to make the long-term decisions that are going to change our country for the better and i know that this strong and united team is going to deliver that change for everybody We've got an important week coming up. On Wednesday, we'll have inflation numbers. We'll also have the Supreme Court ruling on our Rwanda plan. And next Wednesday, the Chancellor will be delivering an important autumn statement. And across all of that, I'm confident that we can demonstrate to the country that we're making progress on the priorities that I set out at the beginning of the year. It it strikes me as Metropolitan School Headmaster on an open day. That's what I have in mind.
1: Metropolitan School Headmaster on an open day in his Führer (laughs) <laughs> being like oh yeah everything's going great you know we're strong and united it's like you look like a shambles like saying well we're strong and united like, no 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 you're obviously not you just fired your home secretary there's an absolute inferno raging outside of you and you're sat in your little uh meeting room going yeah everything's going great isn't it guys but, 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 but no everyone can tell that you're falling apart from the inside it's really embarrassing that they would put this video out and think oh well you know we can just pretend we'll just keep up the face and everyone would just be like oh everything's going great
2: I would not say headmaster, I say more like a wannabe head boy. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, like, he's like he's like he's like a 14-year-old nerd of a yeah. <laughs> kid. Like he's so weak. Everything about him just screams weakness yes. to me.
1: And he he sounds like a CBB's presenter. He genuinely does. He addresses you like a CBB's presenter.
2: To be fair, I've had he to is. watch
1: a lot of CBB's as kids, so I know exactly how they come across and when people started leveling that criticism, I was like, yeah, that's true.
0: I think he is talking to Tory MPs. That is appropriate yeah. language for his, his target audience of the cabinet here.
1: David Cameron wasn't in this because he was in India, like <laughs> arranging to have millions more Indians come here, I think, um, which is brilliant. But uh, but yeah, this, this, this video just struck me as a position of total denial of the facts of what's going on. And this was released the um, day before still yesterday morning, Something like that. yeah, yesterday morning, before Swella Braverman decided to fire back. And we got reports that she was holding off on her letter for maximum impact, to do maximum damage to Rishi. And good God, this is a great letter. So I thought we'd just read it, because for anyone who's not familiar, the Conservative Party makes a very big show of trying to demonstrate that they're all on the same team, all on the same page, we're all part of the same group. We we all, you know, I thank, thank my um, respected colleague for their service, and we look forward to everything great they do in the future. Solar Braveman's letter took a slightly different tone to that, which um, I really enjoyed. So I thought I'd read it, right? Dear Prime Minister, thank you for your phone call yesterday morning in which you asked me to leave the government. While disappointing, this is for the best. (laughs) It has been my privilege to serve as Home Secretary and deliver on what the British people have sent us to Westminster to do. I want to thank all the civil servants, police, border force officers, and security professionals with whom I've worked and whose dedication to public safety is exemplary. Now that's dripping with sarcasm, surely, because all of those people are the problem. All of those institutions are the problem.
2: Yeah, the first one is so passive-aggressive. Yeah. yeah, thank you yeah. for firing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually hilarious, right? But um, but it gets better. She she the next
1: paragraph is her saying, "Well, I'm proud of what we achieved, which is you know twenty thousand new police officers, uh, re- program of reform on grooming gangs knife crime, stuff like this, right? But then it gets to the good stuff. She says, "As you know, I accepted your offer to serve as Home Secretary in October 2010 to two on certain conditions." Despite you having been rejected by a majority of party members during the summer leadership contest and thus having no personal mandate to be Prime Minister, I agree to support you on the firm assurances you gave me on the key priorities. Bloody hell, Sweller. That's great. I, I don't re- doubt
0: that's true as well. Oh,
1: it's completely true. It's hmm. completely true because obviously the, the membership voted for Truss. He got a third of the votes and then Truss got absolutely yanked by the internal mach- machinery of the party. And by the globalist machinery of the party, and then Sunak was like, "Yeah, I'm your boy," and everyone was
2: like, "No one wanted you."
0: It yeah. was the Bank of England.
2: <clears throat> kind of it's interesting. Yeah. She sort of sets herself up as though she's a kingmaker, yes. type figure. Yeah. And um, I mean, I know it's nothing illegal was done because it sure. allowed within the Tory Party within their own yeah. mechanisms. You you can change a leader Absolutely. like that, and by law you don't have to go back to the country for another mandate. Yep, but. It does leave you open to the accusation that, that you have no mandate from the people. Rishi has no mandate to lead the country yes. as head of government from the people.
1: From the accusation of the former Home Secretary that you just fired for trying to do her job.
2: Um, I always hate that when Gordon Brown did it, or even when uh, John Major did it when I was young. First time I realized that was possible when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Gordon Brown did it, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, whenever it's done, I always think, like, sort, of, sort of, how dare you not... Go back to the people. Yeah, you, you slimy Weasley politician. The rules are unjust in my mind. It's a yes. it's a perversion of democracy that you're allowed to do it. Yeah, but anyway,
1: let's carry on because it, yeah. it doesn't. It, it, this is just the 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 opening salvo, right? So these priorities were among other things: one, reduce overall legal migration, as set out in the 2019 manifesto, through alia, reforming in the international students route and increasing salary threshold on work on work visas. Okay, that's great. That's something rare for the uh, Conservatives to say. Reduce legal migration. Because normally they try to kick it to the small boats because that's a drop in the ocean, but it allows them to divert the attention onto something that everyone, there's just no argument against, right? It's
0: more emotively frustrating and for people who aren't clued into politics, they see that as the the greater indiscretion because there's a greater affront to the dignity of the British people.
1: Absolutely, but it's not the real problem. Yes. Number two, Uh, Include specific notwithstanding clauses into new legislation to stop the boats, i.e. exclude the operation of the European Convention on Human Rights, Human Rights Act, and other international law that has thus obstructed progress on the issue. So the small boats are the second issue. Primary issue is just immigration overall, then the small boats. Good job so far, Sweller, right? Deliver the Northern Ireland Protocol and retained EU law bills in their then-existing timeline, and issue unequivocal statutory guidance to schools that protect biological sex, safeguard single-sex spe- spaces, and empower parents to know what is being taught to their children. Brilliant. Love everything about it so far, right? This was a document with clear terms, which you agreed to in October 2022 during the Shuck and Le- Leadership campaign. I trusted you. It is generally the, agreed that my support was a pivotal factor in winning the leadership contest and thus enabling you to become Prime Minister. For a year as Home Secretary, I have sent numerous letters to you on key subjects contained in our agreement made requests to discuss them with you and your team, and put forward proposals on how we might deliver these goals. I worked up the legal advice, policy detail, and action to take on these issues. This was often met with equivocation, disregard, and a lack of interest. You have manifestly and repeatedly failed to deliver on every single one of these key policies. Either your distinctive style of government means you are incapable of doing so, or, as I must surely conclude now, you never had any intention of keeping your promises. I Mean this is brutal.
2: But you waited until you were pushed those sweaters, Sure. So And I'm I'm mm-hmm.
1: sympathetic to that criticism, but the argument would be, well, if I if I just quit, I'd get no influence over it at all. I'd have no particular platform from which to to continue making the debate. But
2: be morally bankrupt, yeah. I mean sure, but roundabouts, you, I suppose.
1: Sure. But you know, I, I I I am sympathetic to the argument, but I think there is also another argument that yeah, is fair enough. More political capital
0: if you're fired by yeah. someone you disagree with, I think is the 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 argument isn't it
1: maybe but as in you you if you're outside of the government you've got no particular leverage at all if you're the home secretary at least you can say well i'm the home secretary why aren't you doing what i'm saying we should do um but she carries on these are not just pet interests of mine they're what we promised the british people in our 2019 manifesto which led to a landslide victory they are what people voted for in the 2016 brexit referendum totally agree with all that that's great Uh, Our deal was no mere promise over dinner to be discarded when convenient and denied when challenged. I was clear from day one if you did not wish to leave the ECHR, uh, the European Court of Human Rights, uh, the way to securely and swiftly uh, deliver our Rwanda partnership would be block off the ECHR and the Human Rights Act and any other obligations which inhibit our ability to remove those with no right to be in the UK. Our deal expressly referenced, notwithstanding clauses to that effect. Your rejection of this path was not merely a betrayal of our agreement, but a betrayal of your promise to the nation that you would do whatever it takes to stop the boats. At every stage of litigation, I cautioned you and your team against assuming we would win. I repeatedly urged you that to take legislative measures that would, be, that would better secure us against the possibility of defeat. You ignored these arguments. You opted instead for wishful thinking as a comfort blanket to avoid having to make hard choices. This irresponsibility has wasted time and left the country in an impossible position. I mean, this is savage. Like, she is not pulling any punches here. She's like, Rishi, you stopped this by being essentially a wastrel. It's like, yeah, Agreed. If we lose in the Supreme Court, which we'll talk about in a minute, an outcome which I have consistently argued we must be prepared for, you will have wasted a year and an act of Parliament only to arrive back at square one. Worse than this, your magical thinking, believing that you can will your way through this without upsetting polite opinion, has meant that you've failed to prepare any sort of credible plan B. I wrote to you on multiple occasions, setting out a credible plan. what a cre- credible plan B would entail, and making it clear that unless you pursue these proposals in the event of the defeat, there is no hope of flights this side of an election. I received no reply from you. I can only surmise This is because you have no appetite for doing what is necessary and therefore no real intention of fulfilling your pledge to the British people. Um, She carries on, but like it's just... It's continual just punches below the belt, basically. What a normal Conservative Party would never do, right? Uh, And so, good for her.
2: Well, um, I don't give her any credit. I know. No, I, she's trying to set herself up to be the next leader. Yes. I think she's put her career before the interests of the country repeatedly. I've got no, no sympathy for her or someone like Preeti Patel. The Tories have been in government for 13 years. Yes. They could have made new, new departments. Yep. They could have repealed all sorts of things. They could have stamped their authority on the policy. Yes. And every single day, incl- including all her time in office, they've refused to do so. That's all true. They allowed the enemies of this country to flourish yes. under their misgovernment.
1: Now, that's all totally true. But can I not just enjoy the stabbing for a minute? Yeah, fair enough. No, just on a small scale. Briefly, Come on. briefly. Let,
2: let, me, let me have I'll some fun. <laughs> Very briefly. But, you're, but you're, I don't give her any credit.
1: You're obviously correct about everything you're saying. And every conservative government since David Cameron is guilty
2: exactly of all the failures. I mean, you talk about the globalist wing... And the conservative wing of the conservative party. I don't really see much of that. I see all the words in here, the things Lee Anderson's been saying today. It's all part of the same game. It's I, all part of the game of we'll reduce immigration to 10,000 and then we're being flooded faster and faster and faster, exponentially, endlessly. Yeah. I don't buy any of it
1: anymore. I, I think there are factions within the conservative <clears throat> party. And I think what we're, what, what we're witnessing is essentially a civil war between the parochial. Concert, patriotic conservative faction and the globalist faction. The globalist faction is really, really powerful, though. But this could be a complete tanking for that.
0: If if they were all on the same team, though, they wouldn't have public
1: infighting. Yeah, this wouldn't be happening. Like, this is an unprecedented letter. Like, no, no one has ever written a letter like this before, to my knowledge. Because they're all, they, you know, it's like, oh, my standing in the in the party. But this is knives are out. You know, you're useless. You deliberately block me at
2: every point. And to be honest, with you, she's probably telling the truth. There's yeah. some power. I don't think so. There's some power <laughs> on the line. I don't, tr- I don't believe anything I know, they're I know. saying. I mean, uh, it, I think you'd have to be quite credulous to at this point, to be perfectly honest. I mean, they're, I'm very they're liars. Yes. Moral bankrupts. Yes. Traitors. Yes. Self-seeking tricksters. Yes. But some of them don't want to
1: be, I think, is what we can take away from it. Uh, but anyway. I think, so, um, oh, sorry. So no, no, go
0: ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think... Bo, you are right in that most politicians seem to be largely motivated by self-interest, although they do She's seem ambitious.
2: That's what this yeah, 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 is. Yeah, yeah, Sure, but like, I don't... How's that a, how's that a fault? You well, know, when so, it's at the expense of but, 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 the public I, will...
1: I, I don't think you can point to Sola Braveman's uh, behaviour and say, well, she's not tried to get stuff done. I do think, actually, she's coming up against the globalist wing of the Conservative Party. I think they've been shutting her down. I mean, I don't, I don't think that she's telling a lie in that in that little essay and she's been consistent on these points but like I, i appreciate that zooming out yeah that is a generally broad characterization of the conservative party but at higher resolution you can find areas in the conservative party that are essentially being suppressed by the sort of blairite faction in the conservative party and if we can get rid of the blairite faction then maybe we could have something that would actually approximate to a useful government but
2: that's not going to come this side of an election just so we know um she talks about the rwanda Program yeah. that was only ever an exchange program. Yes. So that yeah, was I nothing. Yeah, she mentions with one word the the legal immigration. I would bet my bottom dollar that if she became prime minister, mm-hmm. there wouldn't suddenly be a massive change in policy and flights, and she'd get rid of the Supreme Court and yeah. the ECHR. Yeah. I and suddenly bet. we'd be deporting thousands and thousands of people. No, 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 no. I wouldn't bet against. Because you. she is, <laughs> she's just as just as much a creature of globalism as Maybe. they are, Maybe. and this is all just. Just
1: a power play. Maybe. That, yeah, that, that is the cynical interpretation. But I'm going to take the less cynical interpretation. Um, I'm not saying, hey, I, I, I didn't say it was the wrong interpretation, okay? I didn't say mine was the right interpretation. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I just said that I'm going to be a little less cynical. But anyway, as you can see, Mog starts uh, signal boosting this. And, I mean, Swallow's uh, tweet got 30 million views on it as well. So this was a really public torching of her former boss. And so you've got to be able to enjoy that at the very least.
2: Yeah, no, if I can just dial myself back a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> it was delicious to see her <laughs> dig some claws into yeah. Sunak. Yeah, yes. who Who is, I mean... Awful. Uh, he's a Classic. cuckoo in the nest. I yeah, yeah. Mean, it's, yeah, yeah totally. it's, uh, he's a creature of, of the WEF, yeah. of Davos, totally. of, of interests above and beyond that of the voting public. Yes, 100%. Um,
1: And so it is nice to see that there is a conservative wing in the Conservative Party that can at least now voice themselves. She's at least, you know, broken through in that way, which is decent. And then you've got the new conservatives, which are the half-decent conservatives left in the Conservative Party, uh, led by Miriam Cates and uh, Danny Kruger, who are, um, of course, on her side in single boost. So you have an active movement within the party that's like, look, you guys are terrible. You're doing everything everyone hates. You're betraying the, the 2019 manifesto promises. You're betraying Brexit. You're betraying everything about this country. So they are basically saying the same thing as you, just in slightly nicer language and with a little less venom. Uh, <laughs> I'm
2: not, I am not blaming you at all. Such things are beyond good manners,
1: sir. <laughs> I didn't say they weren't. But then what do you think uh, Rishi Sunak's response to Swilla Braveman being very specific and totally cutting towards him was?
2: Mm-hmm. Ignore right. it, try and laugh at it. I don't the know.
1: PM thanks the Home Secretary for her service. The PM believes in actions, not words. <laughs> Are you effing kidding me?
0: That's uh, some excellent hypocrisy There, isn't It's, it?
1: it's just wild. It's just mm. total denial of reality. Mm. Like the plastic wild. rhetoric of Rishi Sunak. It's like, we believe in actions, not words. It's like, but Sweller Braveman is literally showing how all you have done is block her and taken no action whatsoever. So okay, well let's let's take you on your actions then. You want mass immigration, you want illegal immigrants, you want the ECHR to uh, ECHR yeah, that's correct to be uh, the ruling legislative body of this country. You want you want these things, you want all of these things. That's your actions then, Rishi.
2: Oh, um, and a layer of censorship over the top. So, oh yeah, of course. Of course. So men yeah. fear for prosecution unless they yeah. speak their minds.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you want all of the, the radical trans stuff. You want all of this. And you, central bank digital currency as well. Yeah, that's oh, he definitely wants that, which to. is terrifying. Yeah, but uh, so you're you're totally on board with the global agenda, and you're a liar and a traitor. I said, okay, great. Uh, that's that's your your response shows this, fantastic. So Braveman is plotting a Tory rebellion. I'm not so angry about ambition. I'd like some ambitious people who want to deport loads of foreigners. Actually, I think we need some ambitious people about doing that. Uh, as the uh, the. Guardian reports hard right Tory factions. Fantastic. I love the hard accurate. right, really. Yeah, Jacob Rees Mogg, basically. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, due, but it's the Guardian reporting, of course. But they're due to hold a meeting 30 minutes after the Supreme Court releases its verdict on the Rwanda plan and uh, whether to some call to leave the ECHR. I mean, they've been calling for this for years. You know, Sweller Braveman has been actually saying this. So, okay. Um, if they re- go against government, they're going to uh, look for further advice, which is obviously going to put them on a closing course with Sunak, and Sunak's in a particularly precarious position anyway, so it's entirely likely that he's going down. Uh, Sunak, of course, is expected to argue in favor of remaining in the ECHR, which is wild, considering everything that's happened, um, because he fears leaving it could damage relations with Joe Biden. He you cares, think, yeah. How much longer is Joe Biden going to occupy his bloody office? If like Zelensky was like, hey Trump, do you want to come over and have dinner in Ukraine with me? But like he wasn't Joe Biden. Do you want to come over? Like Joe Biden's not long. He's about as long for this world as Rishi Senek is. If
0: if the prime minister actually had a set of testicles, they should be dunking on Joe Biden. It's easy political points, yeah. and you know yeah. even some on the left and I'll say actually Joe Biden's useless in America. Oh, so, yeah, like you know.
1: 70 percent of the. Democrats most, themselves don't want Biden... Most
0: of Europe uh, are yeah. pretty um, sceptical of him because of his handling of international issues. His affairs. allies
1: in the Middle East won't so, have meetings with him. You know, the Saudis refused it's easy, meetings with Biden. It's easy
0: home runs, isn't it? And yet yeah, they're crazy. not doing it. They, we should be saying he's useless, worthless, get rid of him.
1: Yeah,
2: And that would help them out. But yeah. alas. It's all just nonsense. It's all just misdirection. He doesn't want to leave the ECHR because the plan of his overlords is to keep us flooded. Yeah. With foreign people. Yeah. So anyway... So you, it's, nonsense. it's nonsense.
1: I totally agree. Anyway, breaking news. Guess what the Supreme Court agreed to... Uh, decided. Uh, they, they literally said, quote, it was uh, in breach of EU law, the Rwanda plan." And
0: it's like... Brexit means Brexit. Get lost.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, let's talk... To, let's ask the Supreme Court what they think of Brexit. Mm. They tried to scupper Brexit. And they remember the spider brooch yeah,
2: lady? Yeah, they right. tried everything they possibly could.
1: For anyone who... It's curious. The Supreme Court, I think, was instituted in two thousand and seven, and actually came into being in two thousand and nine. Labour invention. Mm-hmm. One of Tony Blair's abominable constitutional. In his uh, election manifesto. Yeah, I have T-shirts older than the Supreme Court of the United Kingdom. Uh, dismiss it. Just get rid of it. Dissolve it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's also um, fire them. Mm-hmm. It, okay. It's Any, also a sort of yeah. legal abomination. Yes. Like it goes against our legal practices. that yes. Have fared us, you know, well.
2: It's at odds with the Magna Carta. It's at odds with the common law. Yeah, Yeah, it's there purely to damage the authority of Westminster. Yeah, and um, (laughs) some people, lefty boomer types, Blairite types, Labour people, and the Dems, they try and make out as though we never had any liberty. There was no rule of law before we had the Supreme Court. We invented yeah. the and concept, you freaks. And that's the correct reaction, yeah. Just yeah, no, no, okay, no. Go it I should be I, swept yeah, away.
1: Absolutely. I'd dismantle it, bulldoze over and build a nice park where people can walk in the sun or something, you know, just whatever, just get rid of it, right? So anyway, in uh, the beginning of October, the conservatives sucked in the polls. Uh 24% to Labour's 44%. I think this
0: is for the the month of October. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, And so just a, this is a very brief, before all of this chaos kicked off, the Conservatives were sucking, right? Really sucking, like due to have a really, really historically bad defeat. You know, hundreds of Conservative MPs are going to get uh, politically slaughtered at the polls here.
2: It's interesting. Ipsos has decided not to put reform on there, which is currently polling at about eleven percent. Well, we'll get we'll get to that. Oh, good. okay, that. Yeah. okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting ahead they, of myself. Because because back then actually they did get folded
1: into other because they were about seven or eight percent, right? Mm. But uh, let's see the latest. Oh, conservatives below twenty percent, nineteen percent for the conservatives. Reform at eleven, which is fantastic, was above Greens and the Lib Dems, which, as you can see in October, they were below. You know, so the reform are actually starting to gain some momentum here. It's, is it conceivable that if in a couple of weeks, more chaos, the conservatives reform arrive at about the 14, 15% that UKIP did and the conservatives get down to about the 14, 15% range? (laughs) Like this is genuinely an existential crisis for the conservative party at this point. Now, I know there are people on your side who are like, destroy it. I'm like, well, maybe we should take it over. Either way, I don't care. As long as we get some party that acts in our interests as British people to move forward. I do, really, I'm very flexible on how this is done. You know, I just, it just has to happen. Immigration has to stop. Uh, obviously, uh, the reform guys are just loving this, you know, um, going very, very well. Um, lots of good statements from Tyson and stuff like that saying, yes, we're finally gaining some ground. Fantastic, brilliant. Thank God. So now I could be giving a press conference today at 4.45pm, because we have the uh, Rwanda uh, judgment. I know this is going on, but there's a lot happening, right? So, um, this was not the outcome we wanted, but we spent the last few months planning for all eventualities and remain completely committed to stopping the boats. Sweller has already scuppered this narrative, right? She has demonstrated. She said, look, you didn't reply to any of my emails. You blocked me at every turn. You made sure this couldn't happen. And so him coming out and going, wait, we, we committed something, but you're not. She's already nailed you on that one, right? This is not the outcome you wanted. Well, if it wasn't, why didn't you have constituency, uh, a, a contingency plan? Why no plan B? Why not leave the ECHR? Why not repeal the human rights act? Why not do anything? They've done nothing and just wishful, magically thought that somehow the Supreme Court would be on their side. They've got nothing. Chaos is what we're seeing. Like They've got no plan, unless this is the plan, right?
0: So, um, first and foremost, you know, Parliament has the ability to get rid of these foreign laws. Um,
1: Parliament's got the ability to legislate that the sky is purple.
0: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> that, that's how it should be, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and so they're, they're acting as if they're limited and they've got their hands mm-hmm. tied when mm-hmm. they're obviously not. And mm-hmm. I think Rishi Sunak here is hoping that people haven't read Suella's um, letter
1: 30 million people on Twitter alone saw it. And obviously it was in all the papers. Everyone's
0: seen swells. Normally, uh, a minister's resignation letter isn't as well viewed as that. And maybe he's made a, a miscalculation here. Yes. Which maybe. I think is likely.
2: It's just, Terishi, just stop lying, liar. We know you're lying, yeah. liar. Yeah. Don't, don't, <laughs> like, go, come <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Get no, real. Like, what exactly planet right. is he living on?
1: Like, go, g- Like, going back to this, like, just plastic... Of, these are just liars. These are the group of condemned men. Like, they know they're about to take, I mean, literally, historic. Like, this, um, the, the 2019%, right? This, this is probably going to equate to something like 60 or 70 MPs. Like, the Conservatives are literally going to lose like 120, uh, 320 MPs. There, there has never been a defeat of a ruling party that bad in all of British history. Like, there's never been. This is the worst it could possibly be and they're like, yes, we're the strong United Cabinet. It's like, no, you are literally about to hang tomorrow. You know, it's crazy. I mean, they're all rich, so obviously this isn't their problem. And They're not like... I mean, he's, he's
0: got his ankles wet on a sinking ship and he's still acting like it can sail.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's year. literally, re- you know, I'm going I'm to put new people in my cabinet. It's like, why well, do you want to rearrange re- the deck chairs on the Titanic? You're sinking. What are you doing? You know, get out.
2: I mean, what they've really done is acted for years on end now against the... Sort of clear voice of the people. Yes. Um, installed a type of soft tyranny. And just
1: to be clear on that, the, the repeated demonstrations of the clear voice of the people, mm. like there have mm. been at least like four elections where the Conservatives won very successfully. And in 2019, accumulating in the Boris smashing victory, that have all been
2: do the things that Brexit implies. That's all it's been. And keep changing the leader without going back to the people it's like it's an immovable party yes like the, the globalists um, have such a firm handle right yeah some sort of uni party thing and that's that's more obnoxious than a uh, than a tyrannical king yes or something yeah we removed kings for such as this yes well, they shall be removed
1: well 19% in the polls like it looks like they're going to get removed um so anyway let's i thought we'd just go to this quick post by dominic cummings which i think is uh, interesting because he's basically come to the same conclusions that we have. Uh, He's like, look, SunEx debacle is a great example of relatively clever people trying to create complex fudges to fool (laughs) MPCs. Such tricks on ECHR have worked with dummy Tory MPs and Mail Sun Telegraph for over a decade, but they don't solve real problems. The actual solution is repeal the Human Rights Act, withdraw from the European Court of Human Rights, primary legislation, empowering the government to use the Navy to stop the boats and prevent anyone on them claiming Anything here under any international law of any kind, explicitly naming international law that does not apply, and explicitly limiting the power of the Supreme Court to interfere, I mean, dissolve the Supreme Court. Uh, international laws can only law can only be enforced in UK look, courts if Parliament allows it, as in reclaim the sovereignty of Parliament, which is what people voted for in Brexit. Uh, blaming judges is, as, as always, stupid. The debacle is not the fault of the judges; is the fault of our useless MPs. Totally true. Although the judges aren't exactly great. MPs could solve the boat problem. It is not even one of the 100 hardest problems we face. But they don't, prefer, because they prefer to fool themselves and rather face reality. They are more afraid of fighting Whitehall than of failing and losing. and in, they're more afraid of mm. going up against the civil service. Like, yeah, well, you should have been brutal with them.
0: That reads like
2: I wrote it myself. And that yeah. shows uh, that they are truly spineless. Yes. Truly, truly spineless. Yeah. A government leadership, you, you wield the power. Mm. If you don't wield it, then the civil service will run roughshod over you. Yes. Um, And I don't think it's stupidity or incompetence. They're choosing not to. Yes. They're choosing not to. Just as a quick uh, ender to this segment, where's Nigel Farage at the moment?
1: Nigel Farage is on I'm a Celebrity 2023. He's in a jungle off the coast of Australia somewhere. Might
0: be worth Explaining what this show is to our foreign audience.
1: For anyone who doesn't know, I'm a Celebrity as literally as it sounds. A bunch of celebrities are sent off to some desert island somewhere, a jungle Australia, island somewhere, yeah. uh, to eat bugs and essentially be kind of humiliated. And the British public love it. Um, Matt Hancock, uh, the former health secretary who everyone hated, went on it and came third because all he did is just eat the bugs. Uh, he just, you know, whatever. What, you, just you meant, as Klaus intended. You, whatever it is, and people respect the fact that you'll just dig in and do it. Nigel's already quite a popular figure. I imagine that he'll just knuckle under. He he knows the game here, right? And what this will probably do is raise his popularity just overall in the country. But yeah, Nigel was all right. You know, he, he you know ate those bulls testicles or whatever it is that you know, they put in front of you without complaining, and I respect that, right? And that's what the general public.
0: Would what a weird uh, world we live in that the anti-globalist candidate is going to go on TV, eat some bugs, and his approval is going to go up.
1: Yes, but this this is a. a a well-trodden path at this point, actually, and millions and millions of normies watch this, right? And so, the situation might, but Nigel Farage doesn't have internet access in the jungle, so he has no idea that any of this is going on. So when he comes out, it's going to be like that scene in Community where the, Donald Glover comes in with the, uh, the pizzas and everything's just on fire. The Tories sub-20% um, approval rating, you know, cabinet unfilled, everything tanking, like knives, at, you know, Farage is going to come back tanned popular and enriched because he's being being paid a million and a half pounds to do this and in the prime position say you know what we need is an actual conservative government you know and so farage is going to be it looks like farage is going to be perfectly placed to just start smashing things down especially if they have to call an election because so government falls apart uh, which is entirely possible so it could be (laughs) before this side of christmas maybe that we have to have a snap election.
2: Who yeah. knows? He is currently the Honorary President of Reform. Yes, I know. And has explicitly said he wouldn't join the Tories for the I know, we,
1: but we've, we've discussed it and we're going over time significantly. Right. So we'll talk about that. At the time. Oh,
2: blimey, yeah, that flew by, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, sorry, I didn't oh, take
1: up so much time there. But this it's, a just, segment, though, yeah. it's a good segment, though.
2: It's an interesting, important, it's the most important mm. thing of the day. There's a lot yeah, happening. Yeah, it is. You know, um, th- and
1: that's the thing about British politics. Nothing happens for a very long time, then everything happens at once.
0: Anyway. So... Far less important. (laughs) I'm not going to start my segment like that, by the way. (laughs) I'm going to get people to click off immediately. But, um, so, some of you may be familiar with Hannibal Barker, the Carthaginian general that famously took elephants over the Alps and took on Rome and almost won. Mm -hmm. And,
1: Anyone I'm not sure Epochs, uh, you may be familiar. Not
0: sure if there are any students of history in the <laughs> audience, but it's a little-known fact that he is, in fact, a black man. <laughs> this, this is his actual identity. Um, you know, the Carthaginians, famous, famously sub-Saharan African, it, from their, uh, their seat of power in Spain and North Africa, and, of course, originating um, from Phoenicia, which is sort of around the modern-day Syria area. Yeah, it? yeah,
1: it's off the coast of Tyre. It's uh, Semitic. Yeah. The, so the Phoenicians were Semitic people who founded lots of trade colonies, and Carthage they founded in like... Eight- Just off the coast of Lebanon, isn't it? Modern Lebanon there. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, but the, the the Phoenicians, famous seafaring trading people, they set up um, a uh, colony at the what we call Tunis now, uh, that happened to be on a very, very advantageous place that connected the Mediterranean, and it grew and became a flourishing power of its own, and that was Carthage. And it was very exclusive they weren't an incorporative people Mm -hmm. in the way that rome was um you couldn't become a carthaginian citizen you were born one um and they were definitely middle easterners yes 100 percent. but and and this is the thing that you hear all the time but carthage was in africa
0: this is um (laughs) some proper urban geography urban american geography yes um, to, to use the more politically correct way of, of putting it. Yes. Um, apparently, all of Africa is just the same. That, that belt of North Africa, you know, that massive desert separating it from sub-Saharan Africa with the two different peoples, yeah, that, that doesn't exist. There's no desert there, the Sahara, it's, which, it, it's not real.
1: Which is why all of the North Africans today are
2: all black. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. People you know, you go to in Egypt, people from Morocco yeah. are sub-Saharan yeah. blacks. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're all of them. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's actually <laughs> conspiracy,
2: um, you know. It, big globe out to get them. But, we are um, going to do an epochs at some point, aren't we, about the campaigns oh, we, of cannibal.
1: we absolutely are. Um, mm. the, the reason I've been sort of kicking them down the line is just because there's just other stuff I've just wanted to do in advance because we did them a few years ago on History Bro. Do um, will check that out when we way. them. Yeah, they're very good. Um, I've, I've watched them. But we we will do like really long and in-depth uh,
2: yeah. Because Polybius covers it in fantastic detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the,
1: the, the thing is just me
2: getting around to rereading Polybius.
1: To be yeah, no, fair enough. It's an excellent story, though, isn't it? It's I mean, one of the greatest stories. Amazing. Yeah. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Hannibal decided uh, in 218 BC uh, that actually Rome sucks and we hate Rome. <laughs> uh, and I happen to have an army of 120,000 men, which is really useful, and 40 war elephants. And Just lying around, yeah. Rome controls the sea, so how am I going to get to Italy? Well, I'm going to cross a mountain range in winter, actually. In winter, that's... Yeah, and everyone's like, Hannibal, that's a bit nuts, isn't it? I mean, not only is it winter, but that mountain range is full of, like, barbarous tribes, and they're going to try and kill you. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't care. Watch me get 40 elephants into Italy in the middle of winter. (laughs) And so, at some point, in about 217 BC, there was some Gaul who was just standing on a mountainside, probably thinking, right, I'm going to shoot that goat with my bow. And then he had the brrrr of an elephant and looked up and saw a series of elephants tramping down out of the mountains. And I was like, right, this is mad.
0: <laughs> eating something strange. Yeah, what exactly. am I seeing? Exactly. Just
2: like, what did I eat yesterday? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was sort of just the f- the opening salvo yeah, yeah. and the string of yeah. incredible events, right? That's just the yeah. first one. He was a,
0: an excellent general. I think that, um, yeah. you know... One of the best of Lucy
1: all power. time. I personally... A huge Hannibal fanboy, and I think he's the goat. So you know, like, come at me in the comments. By the way,
0: yeah, the, the Romans kind of employed uh, Russian-style tactics. I know that's an anachronistic comparison, what? but they it's just sort of human waves, massive. to begin with. Yeah, became,
1: in in the defense, in the defence of the Romans, though, the, the Romans did have a good institution in their military, right? So they didn't have to be very creative to win battles because most of the time it was just the quality of the training and discipline and the Standardized procedures that they had was good enough to basically win battles against, like, the Celtic tribes or the Greeks or whoever, right? You know, the, the average Roman soldier was quite good quality, they had quite good equipment, they had quite a good um, institution behind them, quite martial leaders. So, overall, this was a very successful thing. But the thing is, Hannibal was a genius and knew what the Romans were about. And- mm-hmm that's not good enough.
0: He <laughs> was, was also aware good. of how the Romans would behave because Optimism. they had this very um, stratified way of operating. Mm. You know, you could predict what they were going to do quite easily and, and counter it. And that, that, Look, as I understand it, obviously, I'm not the No, 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 that's here. totally
1: true. And the Ro- the Romans were definitely uh, very confident as well because they're coming off a string of victorious wars. You know, they pacified Italy They've already uh, fought the Carthaginians to a standstill in Sicily. They, and they are the likely winners of any battle, basically, because they've got a good army and they're very, very militaristic and they just go straight for the kill. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, why, not, why don't we just
2: attack Hannibal then? And I mean, I won't uh, go into the whole thing, but... Uh, well, just super quick to say, there's just a, a three-piece of just brilliant successes, aren't there? Uh, staggering. Uh, um, at the River Trebia up in the mountains and uh, Lake Tresmine, my personal favourite, Lake Tresmine. And of course, Canna. uh That's three, three master strokes that tacticians today, yeah. I think they are taught. Oh, is them, absolutely like, at, I still are. use or, Sandhurst. Sandhurst. Yeah. Sandhurst. Yeah. Like, this I'd, is how you can do an amazing ambush. Yeah, yeah, Get a, in the mind of your enemy, all that stuff. I had a friend who went to Sandhurst. He had
1: to learn about this. And the thing is, the, the thing about... Hannibal's like three initial victories is that each one's better than the last <laughs> right, yeah. you know it's like normally it's like right you've got your big victory and then kind of you know, limping along a bit until it's over no 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 Hannibal just keeps raising the ante uh, and so like one of the best and, and the thing is Hannibal's such a great general the Romans built statues of him like we have stat- Roman statues of Hannibal because so it was like okay he may have been a mortal enemy but look how amazing this guy
2: was you can't get around it you know Polybius himself is something of a fanboy isn't he? yeah you can't it's, help it like, yeah he was a worthy enemy, mm. absolutely a worthy,
1: unbelievable enemy. enemy. And against any other state, Hannibal would have just crushed them. Mm. If it wasn't Rome; everyone else would have just lost. You know, no questions asked.
2: And Fabius is everything wrapped up with uh, the Roman general Fabius. Mm. But uh, go and check it out if you want to know how it, how it all ended. Yes, but uh, back to. But the most important the- thing oh. is that he was a black
1: man. So yeah, just to, just to be clear, we know what we're talking about when we talk about Hannibal. We know what we're talking about when we talk about Rome and the ancient world and who the, who the Carthaginians were and who Hannibal was. And...
0: and so we know that Denzel Washington is the perfect casting for, for Hannibal, of course.
1: So I'm going to be a slightly controversial. I care less about Denzel Washington as the fact that he's black. Because I actually, I, Denzel Washington's quite a good actor, actually.
0: I, I like him as an actor. actor. He's in yeah. lots of good films. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and I'm not, you know, obviously it's not historically accurate to have de- a, a black guy as a Carthaginian. But Denzel Washington is a decent actor. So, okay, I, I can get past that or at least not care about that as much. The thing that actually really bothers me is the age of Denzel Washington. He's 68. Yeah, Is he that old? Yeah, exactly, right? Is he that old? 68. Yeah, mm. so he's 68, right? Okay. So Hannibal was twenty-five when he was given command of the army in Spain, because his brother died, Hasbro the Handsome. I think his name is Hasbro the Handsome. Um, and then he was twenty-nine when he launched the invasion of Italy. So he's less than half Denzel Washington's age. Like that's mad. I mean, Hannibal died at sixty-four or sixty six, it's not sure because it's right. but he was younger than Denzel Washington when he poisoned himself. Right. And so it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, if you've got to have a black guy doing it, have a guy who's in his 30s. <laughs> like, mm.
0: you know. It is worth mentioning as well. This is um, being made for Netflix. Of so, course it's being made for that's, I think, the incentive because the, Netflix is very egregious for doing this sort of thing. I categorically refuse to watch anything they put out. Um, yeah. Definitely don't pay for it, that's for sure. Um, but just Absolutely. to hammer it home a little bit, um, there's a statue of Hannibal, there is a sort of colorized recreation of what he might have looked like, and there is Denzel Washington.
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, Hannibal looks like your average Middle Easterner. <laughs> Denzel Washington doesn't. Okay, fair enough. All right, fair enough. I, I'm like I said, I'm I'm so inured to the blackwashing of things, I'm kind of over it. And I do like Denzel Washington's actor. So I'm like, okay. But it's just the age though. Like Hannibal at Canne, he was in the front lines with the Gauls controlling the retreat as the Romans pushed in, go look up Valocani. It's amazing. You know, he's he's a fighting man, he is not like just an old dude who sits at the back. Yeah. This
0: might be a controversial opinion, but I'm of the opinion that if you're depicting a historic figure, you have to look like that person. Yeah, I, I know I that's agree, uh, I agree. very controversial these days, but...
1: Well, no, no, I agree. And that, that would be the ideal thing that you would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, I, think, I can think of worse people than Denzel Washington as actors, right?
0: At so. least say, Wacky and Phoenix kind of looks a little bit like Napoleon but in his depiction.
2: Too old. Oh, you mentioned the guy it. that played uh, Hannibal on TV a few yeah. years ago, I, John. Um, can you? Can you? I've already got it Bashir in. The, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I, I do actually okay. have a segment okay. prepared. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. Sorry. One thing I'll, I'll I let would you say care. though is, um, I did. We see fairly recently. I think it was on Netflix as well, but they did a Cleopatra thing i covered Clark, that, yeah, yeah. The uh, Will Smith wife who wrote it, or the producer. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. That's right. And I think the actual state of Egypt, they launched, launched some sort of legal action. They did, they did yeah. Um, I'd be interested if uh, Tunisia. I guess it would be the state of Tunisia. If yeah, their I government guess. said, "No, you can't just misrepresent <laughs> our history like this." Yeah. Of course, yeah. when it happens to us, that like someone like Henry V is played by a, or Amberlin or Amberlin, we wouldn't no really dream of bringing a legal action, but. I liked it when the yeah. Egyptians did that. I think yeah. that was bloody brilliant. Actually, yeah, good for I him. quite like. And I'd yeah. be, inter- I'd love it if the Tunisians I suppose it would be the modern Tunisians, yeah. Well, did he's, the
0: same. He's like a hero, historic figure, isn't he? For them, right? Yeah, oh yeah,
2: he would be yeah, among it, their greatest heroes, it no doubt. You no Like
0: doubt. um, you know, the the Greeks having Alexander usurped. I think that actually happened.
1: It, it? That has happened, and, and Achilles. There was a there was a remake yeah. of Troy with a black guy as Achilles. What's it's just hair? silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the Achilles famously yeah. had blonde hair, by not way
0: this is the director um he's worked with denzel washington a lot and so i think that right, so ha- that's
1: why he's done it.
0: i think so and also he's been asked by netflix and you know he's a black should... guy at having a black guy play um hannibal i, I think there's a, a certain amount of that from the netflix side of things yeah i'm sure but he's is. actually done quite a few good films if yeah, i yeah, scroll yeah. down uh, not pro- produced no no one cares about producers sorry john um, i'm only joking <laughs>
1: Producers uh, of movies, John.
0: Yeah. Um, where, where's the mouse? I can't get it to. What? There we go. Um, here we go. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's done loads of quite famous, well received films. The terminal list is quite highly rated on IMDb. Right. Documentary film about Muhammad Ali. Um, I think he did Southpaw, um, which is right. a boxing film with Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal. You know, he does have directorial chops on him. Right.
2: So. Um, he's not necessarily going to do a But also a massive chip on his shoulder to the point of rewriting history. Yeah.
1: I I just like, a young black guy if that's how you've got to do it. Like, because I'm I'm thinking about Harrison Ford as like 80-year-old Indiana Jones, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But at some point, how Hannibal's going to have to be depicted on the battlefield running and fighting and Denzel Washington is 68 years old. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to be like geriatric. And it, uh, Mm -hmm. come on, that's, And I like, I'm a fan of Denzel Washington, but just like, he's just past the prime,
0: man. Mm -hmm. So, um, this has been done before. Um, History Channel portrayed Hannibal as black, and uh, the Atlanta black star here is whinging about it. Surprise, surprise. Really? Who'd have thought? I know. Um, And Denzel Washington has also done similar things like this before. Denzel Washington wants viewers to look past Macbeth's race. Um, I get the impression from Denzel Washington, maybe I'm being charitable. I think Bo might call me out on this. But I think he just wants to play interesting roles and I think he's maybe. somewhat limited in the fact that he's a, a black guy and he wants to play roles that are historically white.
1: And that, that's why I'm actually generally a bit more forgiving in this instance. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he strikes me as a sort of actor who might at least try and respect the well, character he's trying from, to portray.
0: From right? my understanding, um, he, like, there's a video here where he's talking about systematic ra- racism and incarceration, yeah. and he basically says, it's not race, it's culture. And he brings up an 11-year-old kid in Chicago who murdered someone, and the first thing he says is, well, where was his father? It all starts in the home, you know. Well, at least You just not- need to to be better people. Is yeah, at
1: um, least he's putting the, the onus of responsibility on the community itself rather than mm-hmm. mythological systems not of not saying the,
0: the system, yeah, yeah. Uh, as they're trying yeah. to prop him up to say. And again, here he is saying, yeah. it's not colour, it's culture. And um, he also got asked about diversity at the Oscars. And I'm going to read a direct quote from CBS. It says, to those who think the Academy's process is unfair, he says, yeah, and so what? You're going to give up. If you're looking for an excuse, you'll find one. Is race the excuse? You can find it any way you like, says Washington. Can't live like that. Just do the best you can do.
1: I actually really respect that opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what? Get on with it. Yeah. I totally agree with that. You know,
2: even if it is, um, get on with it. You know, playing Macbeth as a, a Scotsman. Sure. Is, uh, I mean, I wonder what Denzel might have to say if... Uh, A white man was cast as Minsa Musa. Let's say, I think he'd probably pipe up, actually. Maybe, but I don't. I just
1: don't get the impression that he wants to like. Because maybe it's because we've got such a plethora of young actors and actresses who are outright trying to disrespect the previous thing, like the the Snow White woman, the one who played Snow White with weird, far apart eyes, like, and who was just (laughs) insane and. Uh, like it seems to have actually destroyed Disney's version of Snow White, like with her genuinely disrespectful attitude towards the property. But I don't think Denzel Washington is going to take that kind of attitude, so I'm a lot less angry that it's him, even though he doesn't fit the role. Like I'm, I'm actually more concerned about the age thing, you know. Uh, but you are obviously correct. I mean, Hannibal wasn't black. This is going to be a, mis- a like a mismatch casting, but there could be worse people.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah fair enough. Maybe. You know, I just the old. The old if the if it was reversed, what would the reaction be? You know, oh, yeah, there's yeah, a biopic yeah. of Nelson Mandela and they cast Ryan Gosling. Which is a great idea. I old think old Dan yeah, Zell funny. would probably have a word or two. Yes. I maybe. would have thought. Maybe. But when it's the other way around, you can play Macbeth, it, it's fine. Don't mention it. I
0: mean we we've got to see it happen really, don't we? I, I wasn't able to find anything of him commenting saying, Oh, you're you know, you're disrespecting a, a black person or such and such. I just couldn't find it. Maybe it's not reported on. I mean, I don't know, but we can only kind of guess, can't we? So um, there were lots of interesting reactions to this. Um, I'm going to start with a, a We Was Kang's sort of reaction in this one. And if oh, yeah. you can humor me reading it out, because it is amusing. Um, Carthage had been settled by Phoenicians as a city-state in North Africa near current Tunis. In his 1961 work, French historian Gabriel uh, Audicio yeah. uh, commented that he considered Hannibal to be neither Phoenician nor Carthaginian nor Punic, but a North African. Which uh, um, but,
1: Hannibal but, was definitely a but, Phoenician, which means pu- which is the Latin is Punic. Yeah. he was definitely a Carthaginian. His family was one of the leading families in Carthage.
0: Also, who were the North Africans if uh, not well, they
1: were, they those were, people? Right? No, no, they were Libyans, and
2: of like, course, but they were further south, weren't they? They were sort of well within, further east. Well, Isn't there like, like the Berber people? I mean, yeah. that's what they're called today. Mm. Someone like Zinedine Zidane. Yeah. Um, you know, Categorically not sub-Saharan Africa. No, it's, it's crystal clear, and there's just no debate over it.
0: So it carries on saying, the majority of the Punic populace seems to have had African, indeed, uh, old-timey N-word, ancestry. Uh, I'm not going Absolutely to say Absolutely not true. Um, no, no it's not true. The Carthaginians
1: were really racially exclusive, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, the Romans had a very incorporative structure, which is probably why they succeeded, whereas the Carthaginians had a very exclusive structure, which is probably one of the reasons that they failed.
0: Yeah, they're, uh, they were sort of uh, supremacists in a sense. They yeah, weren't yeah. In- inclusive.
1: No, it was
2: more like a mercantile empire. Yeah, the Carthaginian empire. It was more like um, something akin to Genoa or Venice in the Middle Ages. It wasn't. Hmm. Yeah, it wasn't like a, the. It was. It was very, very different in style and tone and tenor to the Roman Empire.
1: Oh yeah, completely. But it was. It was definitely an ethnic empire. Like I mean, like Roman emperors. Include people from all over the empire, like you have Philip the yeah. you know, Caracal, yeah, you, you Yeah, exactly. You've got all sorts of. Like, but, but there were never any Carthaginian rulers who were not ethnically Phoenician. Like that's the thing: the, the Carthaginian Empire was a, a, an ethnic trading empire where the Phoenicians, by dint of birth and blood, were the rulers of what was underneath them. You know, you, you, you could become a mercenary leader or something like that if you were foreign, but you were never going to become like a ruler in the city. You know, it just didn't happen. There's just no record of it happening, and so like say, oh well, these guys were black. No, they weren't. They were they were literally racist. Actually, <laughs> you know, the Carthaginians were a very racist civilization. You know, way more racist than the Romans actually, who were actually quite incorporated. Wasn't, um, Hanno the Navigator,
0: um, Carthaginian, and they went down to yeah, Africa yeah, yeah. and didn't they presume that a uh, was it a a monkey or a gorilla was a, a person?
2: Yeah. Well, apparently, but, yeah, apparently but, yeah they yeah. thought some gorillas were a type of people mm. yeah but that, that's actually quite
1: common like they used to call them like wild men and stuff like that because mm-hmm. they didn't have the kind of tax, taxonomical categories so they, they'd assume that like lots of different kinds of apes were humans
2: there's all sorts of strange things like, like people thought yeah. that uh, walruses were were um uh, mermaids and things yeah, yeah, yeah or that a man riding a horse is actually a centaur and, yeah. uh, there's all sorts of things <laughs> in the ancient world where they just Saw something and came to a weird conclusion about it, so yeah. you can't blame them. Yeah,
1: yeah, think. That, that wasn't like them trying to be prejudiced or something, no,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just them not knowing what literally knew no
1: better. Yeah. So,
0: um, to carry on, um, whether described as Carthaginians, Phoenicians, or Punics of North Africa, um, according to Odysseo's research, they were certainly a mix of Aboriginal North Africans that's a weird term to use that included native Berber, Moors, and other groups. The image, um, this image, um, the one there. It's not a flattering image, to be honest. Um, uh, is a coin bearing the image of Hannibal and his famed battalion of elephants? Um, well, the, the bottom one, perhaps. But I, I don't think that that top one has much resemblance to the statues of Hannibal that were made. Or the
1: coins of Hannibal.
0: No. Um, it, it seems like a very strange... Yeah. Um, case to make also there's no inscription to suggest it's Hannibal at all no it's so there's speculation at the end of there, the
1: there was a sort of pop, population of Libyo-Phoenicians where it's like they're you know intermixing but they <laughs> they were not part of the main sort of um, aristocratic families of Carthage they, again they were just a really racist civilization which okay well that's what they were like but anyway so but even then they weren't black like the mm-hmm. Libyans weren't black
0: uh, of course not the and Libyans- nor are they today yeah I know yeah I, I know. mean if they were in the past what what happened <laughs> in the interim yeah yeah so um on, on the more sane side uh we, here we have uh, Robert Sether, um, who's an anthropologist with a YouTube channel saying that's it I've been pushed to my edge Cleopatra is one thing but depicting the Phoenicians as sub-Saharan is a declaration of war next video will be a calm and cool um, calm and cool as usual the content will be blatantly savage <laughs> expect an academic bloodbath i will take no woke prisoners that's the kind of fighting language i like to, yeah. to hear
1: well, that's completely correct obviously.
0: and uh, on the more humorous side uh, the, the uh, comedian Han- hannibal Buris, who has a part in his stand-up routine um, where he talks about his name hannibal not being ha- from hannibal lecter but from yeah. the general yeah. in admiration of history and how it scares women away because they think he's a serial killer. <laughs> and finally, when a, a, a black man is playing Hannibal, he gets overlooked. And uh, he, he's a bit salty about it, I think. <laughs> so I, I wanted to end on a bit of levity also. I, I enjoy his stand-up. It's quite funny. Um, but yes, obviously, this is ridiculous. Yeah, You know, um, I respect Denzel Washington as an actor and I also respect the director. Although, clearly... Um, how
1: much of it is netflix as well
0: yeah netflix clearly has a part to play but i also think that if you're depicting history depict it accurately or not at all i'm not interested in this weird modern subversion of things i think it's it's kind yeah, of pathetic. ridley scott get your own history um you know there's, there's history there just you know if you want to depict black history choose something depict it accurately don't co- co-opt other people's history it's
1: weird and that's the thing isn't it it's just really disrespectful it's like no we're not going yeah. to tell the story of a black guy well, if, if you
0: actually care about history yeah. you know you want it to be done right and if you know you get a bunch of it, I, I find it a bit weird when you get you know in, in old timey films you get mm-hmm. Middle Easterners um, depicted as a white person with just brown face makeup I'm just like I can recognise those features you're not fooling me mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
2: like Faisal in uh, Lance of Arabia that's what I had in mind yeah yeah <laughs> Alec Guinness browned <laughs> up to play an, to play an Arab. Um, I mean, to be fair, this isn't as egregious. The other night I watched, I saw on TV flicking around late at night, I think it was the actual Royal Shakespeare Society, although it may not have been. Either way, there, there was a, a rendition of uh, uh, Richard III.
1: Yeah.
2: And Richard III was being played by a black woman <sighs> who uh, also yeah. chose to play it as just shouting all of her lines. Um, it was, Bad I mean, acting mean, as, as well. back. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, can I mean, watch it's... for more than a few yeah. minutes but um, as far as the blackwashing of, of non-black history goes it's not that egregious no. uh, but it's certainly too old yeah that's the thing and, that really bothers and me and it is uh, it is ov- it's obviously completely deliberate yeah and uh, I mean to Yet me yeah it's another example to me as a historian it is uh, a, a disgusting thing to do we wouldn't really dream of doing it the other way around you know like Chris Pratt playing yeah. Nelson Mandela or something it's just you wouldn't, it would be so weird and like. I think AI might be able to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, let's move on. To right. So I've got five historical quotes that I think you ought to live by and this coincides really well with the launch of our new merch shop. So we have a few problems with the previous one, um, specifically about delivery. So this we have, if you go to com, it will detect whereabouts in the world you are and take you to the appropriate shop where... The uh, delivery costs will be very reasonable. I ordered myself a couple of the t-shirts today. Two pounds delivery to the UK, fantastic. That's good. Yeah, I know. That I I was actually really impressed. That is good. Right. Um. And so we have a new line of merch that was designed by me, uh, and put together by John, um, and Michael. Uh. That I think, I was thinking about it. Like, what what do I actually want out of merch? What would I want to want? I would want things that I could say, no, I agree with that. Under unconditionally under every circumstance, I thought, right, I'll find a bunch of really good historical quotes and put, you know, a really nice picture of the guy next to them and just be like, I'm not even going to put the name on it. So if you know, you know, right? So hopefully you're going to get people like, hey, that's the Duke of Wellington or hey, that's Aristotle. What are you doing? You know, and so I, you know, and, and also they look cool. It's a good conversation um, starter then. Yeah, exactly. It's a good conversation. Starter. And I think that the the statements themselves not only stand on their own two feet, but you can also stand behind them. You know, I was I wanted something. I'd be like, no, I do agree with that under all times and all places. Um, So for anyone who was wondering, okay, what's the birthday surprise for the subscribers? Because, of course, we have the uh, birthday, our third birthday uh, promo going on at the moment, which is uh, if you sign up to the website with code BIRTHDAY in capitals, you get 33% off for three months. Um, That's for new signups. That's for new signups. Yeah, But for existing subscribers, we have a promo code that I, of course, can't tell you. Uh, that is exclusive on the website for people who are subscribed to get twelve and a half percent off the merch. So you get a discount on the merch right in time for Christmas. Uh, so I thought we'd um, we'd have a I look.
0: Think, um, the, the discount code will be appearing on the website. Won't yes, you?
1: it'll appear on the website when you log in. So you will you will know uh, what to fill in when what code to use when you order the merch. Um, and so I thought we'd begin because I'm really proud of this. Actually. I really like these. So obviously we've talked a lot about Aristotle. Now this is just one example of the work of Aristotle's that we've done. And of course Aristotle being the preeminent virtue ethicist who really, if we think about it, kind of all of our philosophy kind of hinges really on what he was saying in many ways. And so I thought I'd take a great Aristotle quote to start with, which I think is deeply appropriate to this time and place. Courage is the mother of all virtues. Now this hammers home the basic point that if you're not brave enough to act, you can't have any virtues at all. And that's actually kind of the problem that we have right now, isn't it? You know, so many people who are just like, I mean, and we get messages like this all the time. I wish I could speak out in my workplace. I wish I could do something. I wish I could do this. It's like, well, you can't do anything if you don't have courage. It's like, yeah, but things might go badly. It's like, yeah, maybe they will. Maybe they will, but if we don't all have the courage to speak out with one voice, then nothing will happen. And we will continue to take losses.
0: I can certainly back up from the psychological literature that risk-taking seems to be a benchmark of masculinity as well. Mm. It's one of those things that men take considerable more risks than women, and the men who are rated as most masculine are the biggest risk-takers. Mm. And so that, I think that's tied into courage in a sense. Oh,
1: completely. And it, without, without the, the, the courage to speak up against those things we think are wrong, those things will continue, even if we personally have to pay a price. You know, I mean, like everyone working here took a big risk to come and work here. This might have failed and this might then have been on your resume forever.
0: I remember not even buying furniture because I, I, <laughs> didn't, I thought, oh, I may as well keep my stuff in boxes just in case yeah, exactly. it goes wrong.
1: Exactly. But thank God to people like you, uh, this has all panned out pretty well and we're able to do this. And so, yeah, courage, I think, is he's correct. It is the mother of all the virtues. Without courage, you can't have virtue. And it is something that I think everyone here, at least, has demonstrated. And this leads me to the second one. And I'm really glad to be able to put an Alexander the Great quote up, because Alexander the Great is a man who's actually kind of terse throughout history. We don't have many quotes from Alexander, actually. In the same way as Hannibal, actually, we don't have many quotes for them. Uh, they're known for their great actions rather than their great speeches. Uh, but I like this one in particular upon the conduct of each depends the fate of all uh, and this is particularly important it lines up with the previous one is that look if we, all, we if we are all courageous then we win if we don't then we don't uh, how each one of us behaves impacts the whole and that's true and we are the the children of modernity the individualistic civilization in which we think we are only our own actions, and these don't affect other people. In fact, that's not true. That's never been true, actually. Uh, we have to have a, a, a more, I don't want to say collective understanding, but you are Community a communal focused. understanding. Yeah, that's a much better way. Now, Alexander was saying this at the Battle of Galgamella, uh, where he's facing down quarter of a million Persians with his 50,000 Macedonians. So for him, the stakes were quite high in the immediate. Uh, for us, the stakes are quite high in the long term.
2: Uh, so, how you conduct yourself? They had a cavalry charge that day, I believe. Yeah, mm. straight at Darius, which routed them. The, the point of the spear of a cavalry charge. Yes, I mean, it's pretty ballsy.
0: Leading by example. Yeah. For the mm.
1: uh, sort of nth degree. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not pulling any punches with the quality of the people that we're taking advice from. Um, but this is the point: we are part of something bigger than ourselves. We are actually all connected. We're not actually atomized individuals, and you should think that way. You should understand that that's you now, right now, in the world. And so I thought I'd go on. This, again, leads us to the next one, which is just um, a great one. Now you think, oh, Napoleon. No, not Napoleon. But we've covered, of course, the Battle of Trafalgar. And at the Battle of Trafalgar, the final message of Nelson. Need I say more? Hmm. Yeah, what legend. Yeah. Need I say more? You are expected to do your duty. Get on with it. The next one, Marcus Aurelius. How could we miss Marcus Aurelius? Uh, This I particularly love from his meditations, which is a really, really, really great starting point for you in your life. If it is not right, do not do it. If it is not true, do not say it. You can't postmodern your way out of that.
2: Wait, did Jordan Peterson paraphrase that? Or steal that, or just say that at some point. I don't, so I'm not that familiar with J.P., but I think he's got a stoic thing, hasn't he? Philosophical
0: strain throughout it. So he might have done it indirectly. Right. Not
2: deliberately.
1: And there's no criticism of it, maybe. It may well be the case that he just hit on it because Mm. it's just the the most basic axiom of how Mm. to live your life. It's Mm. common sense to my mind as well. It is, but it's very rare that it's so forcefully put, I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, someone who would have known. You know, you don't have to think hard about it. If it's not right, don't do it. If it's not true, don't say it. I mean, If,
0: if it's true of an ordinary person and it's true of a Roman empire, emperor, exactly. and one of the better ones as well, then it, it speaks of something that yeah. is transcendent of your station in life, a I, virtue that is universal, dare I say.
1: Follow this axiom and you'll never be ashamed of your own conduct. And so the next one was one of my favorites. Uh, I've got to have a Wellington one. I've got to have a Wellington one being born in a stable does not make one a horse. Now, that's not an edgy statement, I think. <laughs> but in the modern day... Simple statement of fact, is it not? A, I would say it's a simple statement of fact. Uh, it's in the context of Wellington discussing whether he was an Englishman or an Irishman. was like, well, I may have been born in Ireland, but I'm an Englishman. Being born in a stable does not make one a horse. Uh, but what that really means is we need to start calling things what they are. No more, you know, pretense, no more... Um, uh, allowing the sort of hyper-reality to dictate that we call things fictional things. Again, if it's not true, don't say it. And a person born in a stable doesn't make them a horse. Imagine going to an immigrant rally with that one. Hmm. Um, possibly apocryphal, but uh, I'm choosing to believe it's true. And, uh, and the, the last one that uh, no one's going to enjoy this particular one, but uh, someone called the media a bunch of dirty, dirty smear merchants. Uh,
2: don't know who un- that was. Un-
1: unascribed, but definitely a world historic figure, as I understand. It's a, line. <laughs> it's
2: a good line. Whoever said it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't
1: don't, it don't trust the media; they'll lie about you. Don't give them your time. Don't be interviewed by them, uh, and uh, go and buy the shirt because uh, I had a lot of requests to bring that back. So I thought, okay, fine, I will. I have to get my hands on one of those now that it, now that it's back. But uh, yeah, so go to com and go and support us by grabbing some merch.
0: Um, it's also worth mentioning as well that uh, John says, if the discount code doesn't appear, if you're a subscriber to our website, uh, refresh the homepage and it should show up.
1: Right. Do we have the video comments?
0: Sure. As just an average Lotus eater, I've followed the shenanigans since the beginning times, but I've never seen an explanation for this image. Here's Perseus. And what's this all about? Is it Minerva
1: in shades? Which statue? Uh, yes. So it's a Perseus holding Medusa's head, Apollo in the background, and Minerva just having a smile for some reason. I don't
0: know why. That was your idea, wasn't it? To, no, no, I didn't. didn't I, I thought, well, it was someone said, it was Jack. Jack put it together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, someone said, oh, all of the statues look sad. And, and so Jack changed it oh, right. to, <laughs> to make her smiling and put some sunglasses on. it. Right,
2: oh, is right. that why he did it?
1: I think so. Right. I can't remember who said it. I just overheard it. Yeah. For anyone curious, we've got Poseidon there. Um. Yeah, Perseus. Is that, I don't know who that is. Laying down or that behind? Me. I think that's Athena,
2: or maybe Aphrodite. It's Denzel Washington. It's a very modern thing to just be smiling as a matter of course yeah. in a picture. Mm. Even if you go back to early photography in the nineteenth century, hardly anyone smiling. Photographs from so the long, American Civil War. Oh, sorry, it took so. Well, long yeah, you so had to be still, but you could still put yeah. a smile if you wanted to. It's just very, very rare. I imagine people were probably a bit more serious back then as well. Yeah.
0: They were just miserable all the time.
2: Certainly in the ancient world, you it's would a... Sorry. That's it.
0: I was just gonna say in my household, it's very egregious not to smile in the picture.
2: Well, yeah, nowadays yeah. it's like, what's wrong with you? Put a smile on, come on. Mm. Well, yeah, it, that wasn't just wasn't always the case. Yeah.
1: The Marvel Cinematic Universe is an excellent example of the decay of the suspension of disbelief throughout a franchise's life. Many of the early standalone movies had their improbability domesticated heavily, such as Iron Man, the Hulk, or Captain America. It felt like it could actually be happening in our world. But if you start involving gods and giant alien wormholes, it gets a little silly, especially when characters don't actually act like people and more like political stereotypes. And the weird robot is throwing me a message.
0: <laughs> I, I agree with his point, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I don't watch any superhero films, or I'm not interested in that sort of thing, is because I, I can't get over the suspension of disbelief.
2: Mm.
0: You know, it's it's a sticking point for me. Yeah, yeah, same. And I uh, I find that I like things to be, you know, even if you've got a sort of out there premise, try and ground it in reality. Don't just make it a spectacle that people kind of drawl out of their mouth and <sighs> consume popcorn to.
1: I'm. I'm not even necessarily against like really bizarre premises or anything like that. It's well, just, I enjoy it in a film. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I just, just don't done like, like the right. execution of the Marvel films. That's that's pretty much what I'm getting at. Yeah, I just don't like them. Do you
2: remember the short circuit films? Oh yeah, yeah, With Johnny Five. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that robot reminds me of—a homemade. Oh yeah, 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 version of yeah Johnny Five. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Should we give some
1: comments? Sure. Uh, Dragonheart says, "No underpants in the store yet." I see. Uh, That's a good point. John, can we bring up the socks? There is a a range of stuff.
0: They couldn't get me to model those, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, you know, like various types of tops and uh, cups and stuff like that.
2: So there there are
1: various things you can put the things on.
2: And there will be all sorts of new designs, right? Yeah. So
1: these, oh yeah, I should have mentioned, these are going to be there for one month. Uh, So after one month, they will be gone forever. Well, for a long time anyway. Uh, But they'll be gone after one month. So
0: you have a month. So yeah, I think this, this hoodie is not on there anymore, is it? Um, the, the logo hoodie? It doesn't look like no, it. No,
1: no, no, it is. It is. On. Oh, it is there?
0: Yeah, it is still. On. Is it? That's, oh, that, so it is, yeah. That, okay, well, yeah. yeah. Here it is in, in the flesh.
1: That, that's uh, that's the stuff that will probably just stay on there. Um, but uh, George says the new historical quotes merch is fantastic. Perhaps we can use a Roman one in regards to the media propagandists, Hollywood Delenda Est. Well, I will, um, I will in a month's time, have a new range that I'll make. So if anyone's got any suggestions, leave comments uh, for anything you'd like to see on the shirts. Um, but I'm I'm really I, I've, John did a really great uh, job with the images as well I love the co- the colour transitions on the guys I like not having the name of the person on there as well you know so like if you
2: know you know that's all Hollywood the Est is quite a funny line I've not heard that before yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah. funny actually
1: uh, that Texas gal says the merch store is not complete without the Saigon body, body pillow well, who <laughs> knows what will come back in the future uh, don't say that what, what have you done <laughs> it was funny to me. <laughs> Um, Matt says, despite how scathing and pointed excerpts of Braveman's letter was, it still appears to be mo- motivated primarily from containment. She argues mm. banning the prote- Palestine protesters was to stem the rising tide of racism, uh, if, as if not being able to see the issue of demographic change on the streets of London makes that issue go away. That is fair. That's fair. She's, she's not perfect. You know, not arguing that she's the best or anything. It's just nice to see a few public knives, see a bit of, you know, cabinet blood splashing around
0: be fair normally it's Sadiq Khan that is the politician involved in knives yeah. isn't it yeah sorry terrible
1: the crusader says that Sunec clip is a literal manifestation of the this is fine meme yeah actually mm. sh- sh- yeah exactly mm. literally like the party is on fire and Sunek's like we're a strong united cabinet uh, Thomas says Braverman's letter could only have been better if it was delivered wrapped in a brick removed from a Millwall football club shithouse wall through number 10's <laughs> <laughs> upper window <laughs> it was pretty good uh, Liam says, I'm so confused by the Tories here. Uh, what are they hoping to happen? They kick out only the, the only cabinet member, the silent majority and conservative base-like, and expect what exactly? Are they completely out of touch or and delusion or is there a, a bigger plan here? I, I don't know. I mean, I think that the problem is that a lot of them essentially have golden parachutes ready, right? like David Cameron's just going to go to wherever, you know, she's already a billionaire. Jeremy Hunt's probably going to move to China or something, you know, or get some so. corporation or whatever. Like none of them are really going to suffer. It's going to be the the MPs who won in the outside, like the, you know, the, the red wall MPs, Boris's MPs, the first timers who came in, the sort of 300 MPs around the country were like, wait, I don't have a golden parachute. I'm actually a bit concerned that, we're all going to get trashed and it's going to be the world's most humiliating defeat, which is going to be.
2: I think it is all just, you know, nearly, it's all, all containment as far as I'm concerned. Even the things that, even people like Lee Anderson or that letter, it's all a, a different shades of containment as far as I'm concerned. In a way. Um, but, um, but it's not working. That's I feel the... like perhaps the, the upper, upper echelons of the truly globalist types, the bought and paid for globalist types like Sunak and um, Cameron, um, they see that their time in power is coming to an end. They've got like a, a year at tops, 11 months or something, absolute tops. And they will be voted out yeah. at that point, at that juncture. So if we can just flood the country as hard as we can, unapologetically, in that window of time now, not even, in the, no real pretense of of anything else. Just remove any voices, any power bases that are in our way from, from, from doing that.
1: I think they're just idling out the clock, really, actually. I don't even think they're that intentional.
2: Like, I, I, I think that,
1: essentially, I think Cummings has probably got the measure of them. But They're basically cowards. They know they'd have to fight Whitehall and they're too afraid to do it. They know, they're constantly afraid of the media. Like, Sweller really got fired for causing a media for stir, right? That's
2: sort of my point, though. I don't think they're afraid to. I don't think they want to. They don't want to.
1: Well, yeah, no, no, they they don't want to. I I think it's kind of like, oh no, this will be a lot of hassle that I'll have to deal with. I'll have to go out and make a statement to the media. I'll have to try and put out some fires. And I think they're just afraid of doing that. I think there's no moral courage in them at all, and so obviously there's no virtue in them. And like, I'm I'm not prepared. I mean, maybe there are evil. I mean, it's entirely possible they're evil. I can see your look. (laughs) It is entirely possible. (laughs) I'm. But conversely, it's I think a lot of it is also cowardice. I think
0: there's a lot of self-interest incentivizing them not to do the things that their voter base actually want them to do.
1: But they're gonna get trashed. Like they're going to bring the party into total disgrace. But then they get a paycheck at the
0: end of it. If they if I mean, they actually yeah, yeah. cared about yeah. being reelected, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. They'd actually be paying attention to their voter base. Fair. But it's sort of a gravy train sort of thing. Yep.
1: Um Ryan says, I believe Bo's apprehension to be well founded. We would have to see him make huge moves if given the power to even begin to trust her. I mean, I totally agree, but like publicly shanking Rishi Sunak is a good start, right? Because like, that's just not, <laughs> not that. cut that out of context. <laughs> Bre- breaking ranks like that is
2: really unusual in the rhetorical sense. of yeah, shanking yeah. him rhetorically, shanking, <laughs> but but breaking <laughs> ranks like that is really unusual. Really, It unusual. is. that is unusual? You know, like
1: that right. they do not do that because they understand that they have to maintain a kind of united front. And it's all done behind the scenes, but Swellers just come straight out and be like, "No, you did all of this. You betrayed everyone. I'm gonna." Uh, and so, uh, the zombie Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, throwing racist slurs from beyond the grave, says, <laughs> "I actually, which he would. I actually think Farage being in the jungle will actually raise Reform, uh, Reform Party's chance of getting seats. I'm a celeb is like a long form interview and allows people to digest a lot of truths going into the country. Well, who is it? Connor reckons they'll they'll parachute in like a Labour MP or something." Because they reckon he reckons that after like, you know, a week or something, people are gonna be like, Yeah, this Nigel Farage is making a lot of sense. You know, why 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 aren't we listening to him more often? And they're gonna be like, Oh god, we're gonna have to get like a, a Labour MP in to call him a racist, <laughs> you know?
0: Nigel's gonna come back and there are gonna be union flags flying everywhere. It's it's, it's That'd be know, great. all the boat people, yeah. all the migrant hotels shut down. No, 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 He's no. going
1: to think, what, what's no, 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 the Conservatives will be on fire. Everything's collapsing. Nigel comes back with a tan, uh, well-rested. Popular, more popular than ever, and hopefully at the head of a party that's in uh, upper double digits, so like twenty percent. That would be ideal. You know, reform getting up to about twenty percent, take over from eclipsing the Tories. That would be ideal. I mean, like like I said, I'm totally agnostic on how we win this. Right? If it means Nigel, you know, taking over and consuming the Tories, okay. If it means reform, just destroying the Tories, okay. I'm fine with that. I don't care. I just want us to have a genuinely patriotic party. Leading the charge.
2: I would like to yeah. see, love to see, just a whole bunch of defections Oh yeah, to reform. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Um, that, that would be nice. Yeah.
1: I mean, li- literally like a hundred or something. It'd be amazing. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Lord Nerevar says, Braverman is controlled opposition. It doesn't mean that she isn't absolutely correct in her destruction of Sunak. And it, in fact, is very impressive to see a sitting MP being so excoriating of the current PM. However, she's been in the position to take action on the issues she's raised for years now and never really seemed to do much. Make no mistake, Braveman is not her friend. So I'm not sure about that because in the framework that she's in, she's identified all of the things that's stopping her from doing anything, right? We need to get out of the ECHR. We need to get rid of the Human Rights Act. We need to essentially ignore the Supreme Court. All of these things have physically blocked her from actually getting any action. It's not that she hasn't tried. So I'm actually a little more sympathetic towards Braveman here. Because, and it's not like she hasn't been constantly saying and, you know, very vocal about it. There are physical barriers stopping her, or physical you know, barriers, like legal barriers stopping her. And so they won't do anything about them. And they could. They could do anything about them tomorrow.
2: The thing is, the problem for me is that she waited to be pushed. If, the, if all those things are true, and I'm sure they are true. Sure, sure. At some point in the last, however, how long has she been home secretary now? A few years, good few years. No, no, she hasn't been home secretary for years. It was November twenty twenty two. So yeah, now wasn't that when she was reappointed? I'll have to look it up. I anyway, any even reason. if it's only one year, yeah. um, if uh, the, at the juncture that that became clear, she should have come out and said something then, or even resigned on principle then. Sure. Not wait until she was fired and then wave the flag.
1: Sure. But the, the counter argument is well, if you're not the Home Secretary, then you've
2: got no platform or leverage to push to get the things you want. Yeah, I get that argument. But for me, that's a weak argument because even outside of office, you can say, this is what it was. You still have a voice. You'll still be an MP. Yeah. You'll still be an ex Home Secretary. It's not like you're suddenly voiceless. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a statement, a powerful statement as for a sitting Home Secretary under no pressure from her own leader to just resign on principle, that would have been a powerful statement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, she waited until she was fired. I mean, it's it's a weak source for me. Thomas says, is
1: 100% right, but Carla's right to enjoy it. In an alternative timeline, Braveman and several other candidates would have resigned in disgust, likely uh, starting at Boris's victory when when Boris could have done anything they liked and pushing necessary populist changes when it mattered, not for the uh, Rome Burns, the Boris Johnson, uh, Majority Burns. Um, yes. Ewan um, ra- <laughs> Baker says, I don't even want to see an American play a Shakespeare character. Hmm. Great point. That's true. It, it's very
0: weird to have American accents in historic things because it sounds so out of place in time, which it is, obviously. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: They did a remake of Lion in Winter. I oh, know, not like, they did a remake of, um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was something where Glenn Close played a Shakespearean actor, a Shakespearean role. And uh, it was like she didn't know what she was saying. Right, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it, it, you get that a, f- a fair bit sometimes. An American will play a Shakespearean character and it's just not, it's not right. It doesn't sound right. It's, just, it's an
1: aesthetic choice. It's just tinny on the ear. You know, it's just, I know this is a modern accent. I don't buy it. Emweather hmm. um, says, surprised Denzel has agreed to such a silly casting. From what I've seen, he has tended to be pretty normal on race stuff. Um, yeah, same actually. I don't know. Like you 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 took objection to it, but I've never seen him say anything like that. Yeah, well, I just don't yeah, I'm not saying he's great or anything. Yeah, I don't. Um, X, Y, and Z says, correct my understanding of the time period. Didn't Carthaginians see themselves as the descendants of Aeneas, i.e. Troy? No, the Romans see themselves as the descendants of Aeneas. I'm actually reading the Aenead at the moment. It's not great, actually. <laughs> uh, but no, no, genuinely. <laughs> Because I'm doing a big study on the Iliad, and so I'm listening to an audiobook of the Aeneid uh, just to, to you know put things in more context. And the Iliad is way better than the Iliad. Like, and it, I realised the Iliad was written by Virgil, so it's just one guy, whereas the Iliad is m- many iterations of many hands. But there's a notable distinction in quality. Uh, it's not terrible. It's not bad or anything. It's just the Iliad is beautiful. You know?
2: It's a very different beast.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: The Odyssey in all sorts of ways follows on from the Iliad mm. and on some level there's the argument that the Aeneid follows on from those. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's a whole different, even though it's still about Aeneas from the Trojan War and all that sort of thing. Yeah, no. It's, written, it's a whole different animal.
1: Yeah, it's written more than a thousand years afterwards. Right, yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, it's...
2: It was commissioned by Augustus as a political piece. Absolutely. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. It's just a completely different thing.
1: And, and it, like, it, it's hard to believe that I mean, maybe it was a, a representation of a story the Romans told themselves, but the codification of it is definitely political propaganda.
2: And yeah, the whole point is to make Augustus look good in all sorts of ways. Yeah, yeah. And, and Rome. And it, it, it is definitely evident as well.
1: Because um, what's interesting is Aeneas isn't exactly one of the Trojans' greatest heroes either. <laughs> he's, he's not great.
2: Actually. in the Iliad in the Iliad right yeah he's okay Yeah, he's pretty good but he's yeah, not yeah. he's not Hector is he
1: is no 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 he's not or he's not the equivalent of any of the Greek heroes either you know but like he's pretty good but he's not he's not Sarpedon or something. But anyway um, Andrew says so the sick fetish like urge of the left to make every historical and fictional hero a black person it's ludicrous and unfortunately it only fuels public ignorance when backed by such authorities um, yes that is frustrating to be honest but like I said I'm not that bothered about it being him being black, because I'm used to it at this point. I think I'm just an abused housewife. I'm, you know? I'm looking
0: forward to the remake of <laughs> Downfall with uh, a, a recasting of the, the lead actor. Downfall? It's uh, the film about uh, Hitler and his last, oh. <laughs> last moments.
1: Well, there are a bunch of I, I'm looking forward to the Netflix version of Tarzan. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I
0: dare you. To be fair. I dare you. <laughs> if they if they did cast a black lead, that would be one that I would watch.
1: Yeah, they're not gonna cast a black guy as a monkey in a tree. It's not gonna happen. So we we've got Tarzan, if nothing else. Um, Roman Observer says, England expects that every man will do his duty. Always love this quote, even though I'm not an Englishman. Yeah, me too, man. There's something about it. It genuinely like moves me, it makes me upset. Like I can't
2: say it without getting teary. Just before you go into battle as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: uh dirty belt says can we suggest more quotes for shirts yes you can leave uh um suggestions in the comments and i will collect them um i've always been fond of rules are for the obedience of fools and the guidance of wise men from Douglas bader hmm, interesting one uh, derek says nice job with the merch store thanks man like, i was really worried that it'd suck but i, I <laughs> like you know that you think it sucks but i i quite like it i think they will look really good and i've ordered a bunch for myself and i will wear them on the podcast um, Omar says, I think the best thing about being bored in a stable doesn't make one a horse. Quote, is that in order to connect it to the trans movement, you have to internally agree with it.
2: <laughs> I know it's, it's
1: just so good. And the thing is, right, we had to create a new new uh, merch store because tea, we were going to use Teespring, but they flagged that up as being uh, like hate speech or something. It's only anti-Irish. It's fine. And so we, we had to move to different stores. But, um, but we, we couldn't get that in the England Expects one on Teespring. So we had to change stores. That's what, that's what the delay was, basically. <laughs> we had to set up whole new stores because like, Teespring was like, no, you can't say it. being born a stable doesn't make you a horse. It's, like, it's a really spicy statement these days, even though it's totally normal. Like, it's, What could you disagree with? It was a common tenor phrase. Exactly. It's yeah. A, and yeah, exactly. From um,
2: <laughs> from Wellington, you know. Oh, like, and, and well, sorry, Teespring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if we've offended your political. Uh, sorry, sorry. Who are they? Who are the they? To say what you can or can't of, say. Teespring. But they're the arbiters of what's right yeah. and wrong, are they?
1: Teespring. Sorry, can we not quote some of our greatest war heroes? You, you got the quote from Nelson and Wellington. So sorry, we can't say that England expects every man to do his duty, and we can't say being born a civil doesn't make one a horse. From Wellington. Oh, sorry. You know. So anyway, I'm glad yeah. that I'm glad that we're on a different uh, set of uh, stores, basically. Teespring. Uh, but yeah, remember to order Cheap. from the um location so there's e, uh, uk uh, america usa and global which is eu basically um in order to make sure that you don't saddle yourself with a massive uh, transport cost but um but yeah there, there we go
0: there we are it looks like we are out of time so thank you very much for watching and make sure to tune in tomorrow same time at one o'clock gmt um, and watch us then thank you and goodbye <laughs>